Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. We got started a little later today. I know you guys normally um, you normally hear me at 11 a.m. It's 11.30, but don't worry. I have an excellent guest for you. I just want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also email me, I'm Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. And if you want to call in, you can call in 516-387-1745. Again, 516-387-1745. So this morning, I am speaking with an author. She was born in Nigeria. She's the oldest of six. She actually went to Hull University in the UK for law. But now she's a writer, and she has an MFA in creative writing from Lesley University in Cambridge, Massachusetts. She's received several fellowships. Her work has been published in Post Road Magazine and the Del Sol Review. Uh, in the past, she has been a travel advisor, events host, and a chef. Um, she currently lives in Boston. This morning, we're going to be talking about her debut novel, An Ordinary Wonder. It draws from art, proverbs, and folktales to present a deeply moving queer coming-of-age story. Let me tell you, people, I couldn't put it down. I was just telling her, I had told my Uber driver about her book, like, and I was like, you got to get it. Like, you got to get it, okay? Uh, Buki Papillon, good morning. Good morning, Joy. So delighted to be here, and I'm so glad you told your Uber driver about my book. That is amazing. <laughs> I I was like, you know, I I he, somehow we got on the subject of books, like I told you, and um, I I said, well, this is the the this is the latest book I'm reading, amongst others, but you know, this is the one. And I said, you know, I'm going to actually be speaking with her tomorrow, so like you can tune in. And I told them how to <laughs> tune in and everything. Um, but uh, I told him the story. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about the book? An Ordinary Wonder is a book about, it's a coming-of-age story about a child um, who is growing up in Nigeria um, who is named Otto Lorin. And um, this child is growing up within a relatively privileged family, but um, there is something about Otto that is different um, or that... Um, Otto's um, family used to make her think that she is different. And so it is a story about how she is able to um, overcome some of the hardships that um, come her way in her life just because she was born into sex. Mm, Yes, it is. But some of the stuff that she goes through, a lot of teenagers go through. So, you know, you have this issue of twins 
in Yoruba Nigerian culture, what is the meaning um, of the importance of twins in that culture? Oh, um, so it's a big deal. <laughs> For one thing, Yorubas have the largest um, number of twins in the world. Um, and um, actually, I think Yorubas have on average four times more twins than anywhere else in the world. Mm. And so, mm. yeah, it's a huge number. Everywhere you go, um, you see twins. Um, and they're always called Kaiwo and Kende. Like no matter what else their names are, they're always called mm-hmm. Kaiwo and Kende. And um, so families of twins are considered especially fortunate and blessed with good luck. So traditionally, in order to maintain the good health and the good fortune that they bring to their family, um, you know, there, mm-hmm. were all, there were all sorts of things that the parents had to do. Like they, um, twins have their own Orisha called the Orisha Ibeji because Ibeji means twins. And um, okay. so they had to be fed certain foods, like they had to be fed beans and palm oil and just, you know, certain things had to be done. And if one twin unfortunately passed away for any reason, the mother had to make, um, uh, had to go to a babalawo, like a traditional healer, who would make um, an image of the twin that has passed away, which the mother would then bring home and feed and look after alongside the living twin in the hopes mm. of persuading the living twin to stay. So the living twin wouldn't want to go and join their other house. Yes. Yes. So this is something that uh, we learn about uh, in the story. We learn about the Ibeji later on um, with a different character, actually. But um, Oto, she has so many trials and tribulations, and uh, one of them is being, just being, being, being alive because, you know, she's intersex. Um, a lot of us have difficult relationships with our mothers, some with our fathers. She has a difficult relationship with both parents. How about you, Buki? Yeah. What was your relationship with your parents? Do you feel empathetic to Oto? Were some of the stories in the book kind of like things you might have gone through as a child with your parents, or, or was it completely different? Oh, my goodness. It couldn't be more different. Um, my parents um, are educated, for one thing. Um, which, which always, um, I think education is a, is a very important thing. Um, I have very educated parents. My mother studied chemistry. Um, so, um, so my mother couldn't be more different than um, mm-hmm. Otto's mother and my father as well. So um, I, I, a lot of what um, goes into an ordinary wonder is part imagination, part things that I have um, sort of, maybe seen or heard other people going through or even, you know, sort of being friends with people who were experiencing. But thankfully, I have an excellent family who, um, and parents who were very educated and smart and loving and kind and who raised all of us. Six children, my goodness, they raised six children. <laughs> they raised all of us very well, and we're all really close. So, and I mean, my siblings are the best things in my life. So, yeah. So it's really a lot of imagination and just um, stories I've heard growing up and things that I have seen growing up. Or mm-hmm. I mean, I I I I've known of um, I, I I've known of friends and of children in Nigeria who had parents as awful as um, as mm-hmm. also did. Yeah, yeah. Now one of the um, things that just in the beginning, the toys that children play with 
this is something mm. that is always debated no matter where you go in the world. Even in America, you don't have to be in Nigeria. There's the boys section. There's the girls section. When you go in the toy store, it's like the girls have to go one way, the boys go another way. Um, some toy stores in America actually try to make, um, like, mix up the toys and not make them so defined, you know, like boy-girl. Do you remember one yeah. of your first toys you had when you were a child? And if so, what was the toy? <laughs> I love this question. Oh, wow. Um, so when I was a child, I was what was what might be called tomboyish, which um, I, I, I really loved to play with all the toys, whether they were considered mm-hmm. boy toys or girl toys. or I just loved to play with everyone. So it would frustrate me a little in fact, quite a bit, when I was being pushed one way or another. And um, so one of my toys was, uh, I I remember that I actually, uh, I think I might actually have gotten to go sit in the naughty corner for doing that, but my dad (laughs) bought me this. (laughs) The naughty corner, okay. (laughs) Yeah, my dad once bought me this cowboy outfit. I remember it so well. and I was I was really little. I I couldn't have been more than maybe six years old or something. And I I just would I refused to take it off. I refused mm. absolutely refused to take it off. And it was time for school, and I had to put on my school uniform. And I refused to take off this outfit. And um, yeah, that got me in a lot of trouble. But I think um, the thing was, uh, thankfully, growing up in Nigeria, there was maybe a bit less. Um, it was less defined, just a little. Um, the whole boy girl thing. I mean, it, it was it was there, but it was less um, it was less as extremely pink and blue as it can sometimes be in the United States. And then okay. um, I remember um, once also just um, being um, being mistaken for a boy. I was wearing I, I was wearing a boy's dashiki, um, and mm. I was visiting my grandparents' um, village. And the boys, because I hadn't been there for a long time, they they didn't know who I was. And my hair was cut low, like a boy's, like like mm-hmm. white hair would okay. be cut. And so we arrived at the village, and they, and I immediately ran out to play football with them. And I was good. I was really good. I was I, I really mm. scored a lot of goals. And they were like, "Oh wow, we really like you. Come play with us tomorrow." Of course, tomorrow I showed up in a dress, and they were completely not interested in playing football with me. See, see, look at there. So it yeah, starts so yeah, young. So, yeah. It, it, does. it starts it so does. young, it defining yeah. what you can and can't do and who you can and can't be friends with. And and, yes. and that's an example right there. You know, you come the next day, you're wearing a dress. You're still you. Now all of a yes. sudden, and I can still call gold. Exactly. You know, maybe that's what made them mad. You were the girl who scored the goals, <laughs> and, you, and you showed them up, you know. <laughs> true. True. So I'm going to ask you about the Finn family, Mumi Troll. What is this story, this Swedish story? Can you tell us about this and what does that mean to you? Oh, it was, so when I was a child, I would actually write Mumi Troll stories. And um, I just loved that they were so cute and they were so round and they were so friendly and helpful. And so I just really loved reading those stories. And so when I was really young, I would try and write my own um, Moomin Troll stories. And I think 
because I just wanted to be in that world and actually help uh, and actually create my own stories within that world. I guess that's what would be called um, fan fiction in these days, right? I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I, was, I was a tiny little fan fiction writer, but my fan fiction was um, moving troll stories. So I think that sort of <laughs> was how I cut my teeth a little in, in trying to put things to paper and, and actually create stories. <laughs> So where did the law school then come in? Why, why, how did you, all of a sudden, I'm going to go to law school? Um, uh, yeah, so um, this is something, this is a, something that anyone who is familiar with Nigeria and the way we, uh, the, way this, the way things go would, um, would laugh at because, I mean, I, I love to, um, I love stand-up comedy, for example, and um, this is a Nigerian, um, comedian, um, stand-up comedian. Um, she's called Gina Yashire, and oh, she yes, makes a really her. good. Oh, I adore her, and she makes this really good point about Nigerian parents. Like you, you study law, you study engineering, you, you're, you're going to be a doctor. Okay. So it's not that my parents pushed me so much as that was just the general atmosphere that you had to go and do something that you know was prestigious. Um, if you were born in a, into a certain um, kind of family or, or, or income level or, or, or anything like that. So, so, mm. um, so I went to study law. The thing was, when I, even when I was studying law, I was doing electives in things like theater arts and so on. I just kept being drawn to the arts, um, but studied law. Um, then I went to England and I studied law some more. And then, um, so that was my story with law. But then my husband and I moved to the U.S. And we mm-hmm. weren't sure we'd stay here. Um, we didn't know what our status would be um, after a while, so I couldn't sort of go into law school, continue law school here, because then I'd had to go back to law school and spend a lot of money, and then if we had to leave the U.S., that would all have been wasted. So I had to sort of think, mm. okay, what do I do? And, and it was like, fate was like, now you do that thing you've always wanted to do, you write. So I went mm-hmm. to get my MFA. Mm-hmm. Now, but I heard something about you being in a massage therapist. What happened to the massage therapist? <laughs> yeah. can, I, can I make an appointment? My shoulder is killing me. Oh, my gosh. I hope you find a good one where you are massage therapists and magical people. And I don't <laughs> just say that because I am one. Um, but yes, yeah, you got I, a license, I, I read. <laughs> I have a license. I actually have my own practice. It's called um, Wellness Now for Women. Um, I, have, I have my own practice where I welcome anyone who identifies as a woman, um, who, I, who, who identifies as female. Uh, and and um, basically, I, I made it that way because I just really felt that women get the short end of the stick in so many things. I wanted this to be a special place just, you know, for anyone who is female identifying. Um, but, yeah, but, uh, well, of course, like with everything else, COVID shut me down. Um, so that is sort of a little bit on a hiatus right now. Um, but, okay. yeah, I, I went back to school to be a massage therapist because I got my MFA. And then, of course, um, then I had to go do something practical that would make money while I wrote. And, and I got yeah, this yeah. book, What Color Is Your Parachute? And it said, well, you like taking care of people. Like when you do the whole book, you get you get a good idea of what, what you should be doing. And it was like, you like taking care of people, be a psychotherapist or a massage therapist, any kind of therapist. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, psychotherapy was like another, I don't know how many years in graduate school. And I thought, that's too much. So I 
looked at massage therapy. It was one year intense study, and then, and then I loved it. I love it. So that that was that's the thing I've been doing while also taking time to write. Now I was reading that you were writing this book, but at some point you threw out like most of the book and started over. Yep. How did that feel? Like, I mean, you were on the right track, and then all of a sudden you threw out more than 50%. Like, what? Yes. Yes, that was really, really tough. That is not that, – that was one of the hardest um, decisions. I think I'm trying to remember um, – there's, there's this thing called zero-sum. I can't remember exactly how, but it's, called, it's when you've invested so much in something that you feel you cannot mm-hmm. now change your mind. And that is one of the wrongest thinking out there that, that sometimes traps people in situations. It's like, yes, um, you've invested this much, but if it's not working, it really is not working. So um, so basically, I, 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 I'd written this book, and I've sort of tried to make it the biggest book, put everything, the kitchen sink, everything. And okay. so I went to a writing retreat, and someone, um, a, a writer, her name is actually Dennis Shapiro. She has this book called Skill Writing, which is really excellent. And she sort of helped me understand that, look, there is uh, what is book. She put it as building and scaffolding. There is what is building and there is scaffolding. You've got to remove all the scaffolding. And Mm. so I removed all of the scaffolding and there was the building. And so then I had to redo everything. And and so it could become what you really wanted to be. And I urge writers out there, if it's not working – you don't have to throw it all out. Just throw it into a corner of your laptop. It's always there. <laughs> you know, you can always go yeah, back yeah. to it. But yeah. <laughs> so now when you're writing, you know, are you writing with pen and paper? Or I just heard to your computer when you started writing, you know, how, how do you write uh, initially? Is it all on the computer, your laptop, your phone? Where do you begin? Oh, I, I try to stay away from my phone as much as humanly possible. Um, I, I I always begin with pen and paper. That's my default. So um, the initial notes, the initial scribblings, when the characters come and they're whispering in my ear, I need to have that connection between my ear and my hand and a piece of paper. I, I sort of always feel like they're on my shoulder telling me stuff. So that's mm. how I put it down initially. And then once I've done that, then I move to my laptop, a laptop that is never connected to the Internet. And... Then okay. I do the next say couple of um, the next second third draft, and then then I can start doing other things like um, uh, maybe going to a library, or because I don't I, I I don't I usually prefer to write quietly, um, um, sort of if possible. If I could go into a cave and roll a stone over the entrance and not come out until like for a month while I'm putting down mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. the second draft, that's what I'd do. Wow. Well, can you read a little bit of the book this morning to the audience? Oh, I would be delighted, yes. I'll read the okay. I'll just read the the very beginning. Okay. 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 Right. An ordinary wonder. Part one. A person who sells eggs should not start a fight in the market. Now, 1991, age 14. My name is Otto I've been called monster. Within dark valleys of flesh, I defy the given. A snake curled in upon itself, two in one, mythical and shunned. 
Yet in that magic place between worlds, in the realm where the great mother gives milk to her offspring, I become like a goddess. There in words unspoken, my voice is heard. I often wish I could take Wura, my sister, with me to visit that place where I truly come alive, but I cannot because Wura is normal, so it would be death. Wura and I are twins. Like all other Yoruba twins I have ever been born, we should be called Taiwo and Kane Dave, the one who came first and the one who lagged behind. Even in this, our natural names, our parents kept us apart, Otoluring, one who walked a different path, and Wuraola, a wealth of gold. Wura is everything to our mother, who will never have any other children because she is the woman who birthed the unspeakable, and my father has no desire to fire any more monsters. Here in Nigeria, the road ends at my secret. But America, they say, is a land where wonders are created and the wondrous is made ordinary. Now that I have wedged one foot onto that path, I am determined to make it all the way. Because if I do, perhaps I too can become an ordinary wonder. Wow. People don't know what they're going to get into when they read your story. Um, You have these dream sequences that are so beautiful and the, the language um, is just really flowing, and it takes you there, you know. Um, when you were yeah. a kid, you know, we, we always talk about people having um, their imaginary friends. Did you have an imaginary <laughs> friend? Oh, um, I, not so much. I, I, don't, I don't think I ever had an imaginary friend. Part of the reason being that um, our house was full of books. Um, my, so my parents had this room full of books, and for okay. some reason um, they were in boxes because we moved quite a lot. And they were in boxes, so they never got unpacked as we moved from house to house, but there was always one room where all these books would be stacked. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, one, sorry, one, one room where all these boxes would be stacked. And I would, um, and I would just lock, I would just go right in there, hide behind one of the boxes and grab a book. So, and I did this right from probably age, I don't know, three, four, and nobody censored anything I was reading. I was reading books for eight-year-old people when I was five. I was reading adult books when I was six, seven. So Mm. I had so many books and encyclopedias and everything, really. And so, um, so I didn't, I think in a way my imagination was already so captured by the length and breadth of all the stuff that I was reading that I didn't even sort of imagine a friend. It was like the books were already my friends. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's talk about these deities that um, you bring up in in the book. Um, Can you tell the audience, some people may not be familiar with the Yoruba deities uh, and understand what does that mean? Hmm. So um, the deities in the book are, I mean, um, like with everywhere else in the world, there was a time when there were when there were the traditional religions that people practiced um, and believed, and so on that people had before, um, say, the the two major um, religions of today, Christianity and Islam, um, moved through the whole world. So there was a mm-hmm. time, for example, long ago when the Greeks had their their, their, their beliefs and their gods and they built, you know, Parthenons and so on. 
And, um, and, and so it's the same thing with, um, with, with Nigerian traditional beliefs that we're all these gods and goddesses because, you know, we all have this urge to ask where do we come from, who are we, why, why, why indeed, why at all are we, you know. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so the Nigerian, the Yoruba deities um, have existed, like, you know, it's the usual because they're, they're usually in, in almost any traditional, in, um, any tradition in the world, um, deities are um, associated with natural phenomena, whether it's thunder or lightning or rain or rivers or the earth. So, um, for example, um, um, I, uh, Yemoja, for example, who does make some sort of, who makes, well, not some sort of, quite a big appearance in this novel, is the goddess of, of, of waters, of rivers and oceans. And um, mm-hmm. so um, there are many deities. For example, there is... Um, I, I don't know for some reason you I'm talk blanking about out on all of my deities now. No, well, yes, you, you thank bring up you. Obatala, you bring up Eshu. Uh I like Alegba, uh, uh, but but I think that's um, Eshu. I uh, guess everybody has a different uh, name, but the trickster um, that that comes <laughs> up in in, in this uh, story, and, and definitely there is a trickster. Oh, there is a trickster, and I do not like him. I will not say his name <laughs> because I don't want to give it away. <laughs> But, ooh, I, ooh, I'm, you, you know, one of the things you, you bring up are bullies, bullies in the book. And yes. then people have to deal with bullies. Did you have a bully? Were, were you the bully? How did bullies figure oh. into your life when you were growing up? The, so this, the, the way bullies featured into my life when I was growing up, oddly enough, was um, because I was the eldest of six. And there was this thing that my parents always sort of inculcated in me, in all of us, that we had to take care of each other, that we are, I mean, my mom was always, you know, you are what all that each other has. You have to take care of each other. And I, as the eldest, responsibility to make sure that all of my siblings were cared for. And I remember one of the things that my siblings still tease me about, when I got married, they actually told this story, one of the first stories they told my husband was, Oh, you know, when we were in school, if anyone tried to bully us, all we had to say was, I'll tell my sister. And that would be the end of that. So I didn't bully anyone, but God help you if you touched any of my siblings. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember I had a bully when I was younger, like before high school. Oh, my God. I, it was just, I, I hated this girl. And one day I was older. At this point, I... Um, was living on my own and everything, and I had gone into the laundromat, and she was in the laundromat. It was crazy. Oh. And guess what happened, Buki? She was like, oh, my God. Hi, Joy. She remembered my name and everything, and she wow. was happy to see me. And it was like this weird out-of-world experience. I was like, who are you? What took over your body? <laughs> yes. yes. It was so, so crazy, you know. So uh, wow. to say that, you know, to, to young people that you might have bullies when you're younger, that those same people, when they get older, hopefully they might have grown and gotten past whatever it is they were dealing with. And then they, you know, come full circle, so to speak, and are normal again. Um, even yeah. though in workplaces you can have bullies as adults. You can have, you know, bullies. Oh, true. Um, now, when did you learn about sex? I know this is a delicate thing, but let, you don't have to tell me details, but did your parents <laughs> talk to you? Did a teacher talk to you? Or did you never learn about it until it happened? I mean, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad I didn't wait until it happened to learn that. <laughs> like all those Victorian, Victorian ladies, poor things who had exactly. no idea. Exactly. Um, but um, I, I, the, the, the funny thing is um, I, um, I, well, growing up, we had a lot of animals around the house. Like um, just because of the way, of the, way um, the, the, the compounds were built, um, so okay. you had your, your house and you had, a, a, you know, a, quite a bit of land and then you had your walls and every family would have a few chickens, maybe a couple of goats or things like that. And well, mm. you know what animals do. Um, so you pretty much understood that, oh, this is what happens. Um, you know, the, the, the okay. girl goat is running around, the boy goat sort of climbs on her and then there are baby goats. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so that was sort of the really basic um, beginning um, to be starting with, but I think um, I learned about sex really early simply because I was reading books that I was I had absolutely no business <laughs> reading when I was really really young. I I I mean I yeah there were just I mean you know there were just books around that were meant for adults and because no one was censoring my reading and this room was packed full of books I was reading things i mean i i will not embarrass any my parents by mentioning any particular book, okay we don't yeah. want to embarrass mom or i learned a lot yeah we don't want to <laughs> yeah i don't want to embarrass them because if i come and visit them or something and you know i bring a give i, I don't want them to be mad at me you know um or not let <laughs> they me would in the house love you <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um food uh because one of the characters the, tw- the twin wura she uh, is the sister to Oto um, or Lori, and um, yeah. she bakes. Now, do you cook? Um, what's your favorite dish to cook, or what's your favorite dish to eat? Oh, I love cooking. I, 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 I was actually briefly in my sort of trying to hunt for what, what I was supposed to do with myself once I, was, once I understood that I wasn't going to be a lawyer, I was actually briefly like a chef and I, I actually mm-hmm. at one time I would do things like um, in one of my jobs that I did, I would actually prepare three course dinners for up to a hundred people um, mm. and, you know, organize everything and cook it and everything. So I'm, I, I actually, I love cooking and I love cooking all sorts of foods. I love cooking French food because um, my husband is French and he is an excellent cook as well. So we're always cooking in this house and there's always really um, oh my good God! Food is happening. that an invitation, Buki? Wait a second. Did you did you guys hear that? I heard that. That was an invitation to come it and was. eat some French food at Buki's house. <laughs> yes, it was. You will be super welcome. <laughs> so, last question because we're coming down to the time. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Ooh! Wow! I remember watching. Um, what was it? Someone said, what, what did I watch? It was about the best superpower being good luck. Mm, you know, so you're okay. always lucky. No matter what happens, you're always lucky. I, I don't know. It seems like an awesome superpower. So it, it just means that you, everything is always fine because you're always lucky. So I, I don't know. Is this is <laughs> a superpower. Otherwise, I choose to be invisible. I think most people like the invisibility one. But, yeah, I think I'd, I'd want good luck. That'd be my superpower okay. to always, good no luck. matter what is happening, I get lucky. Mm, okay. Well, now, <laughs> last, okay, I really should have said that wasn't the last, but second to the last is what are you doing next? I know your writers are always usually writing something else. Are, can you tell us what book you might be writing or poetry or 
what's coming next for you? Oh, yes. Um, I can say a little, which is that um, um, if people enjoy The Ordinary Wonder, then they're really going to love my next book so much. And, um, and I'm currently um, writing it, and I'm having a great time with it. And I'm also writing sort of several things at once, because what, what happens is like um, when you're a writer and then it takes so long to get published, like I did, you have such a backlog of things. And so I have this whole mm-hmm. backlog of things. So I'm hoping to really, um, you know, crank out a few, quite a few books in the coming years. But yes, definitely um, I'm on it. And there is something very exciting with characters that have a serious predicament, um, like, but also quite a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I would love to have you back on. We can talk about the next book and maybe talk Thank about you. some dishes and, and we can set up a menu, you know, for my visit and everything the next time. So we'll yes, do that. Yes, <laughs> courses, no less. <laughs> no less. Well, thank you so much, Buki, for coming on, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. And I don't know if you're going to get snow. We're supposed to get really a lot of snow tomorrow. What about up there in Boston? Oh. Is there anything about snow for you guys? No, not snow. We just have um, five degrees. It's dangerously cold outside right now. Oh, my five God. Degrees, so, yes, we're just freezing. But otherwise, thankfully, there isn't any snow forecasted. <laughs> Okay, okay. All right, well, you guys have a good weekend, um, and I'll talk to you when the next book comes out. Thank you. I look forward to it, and good luck with the snow shoveling. I hope it's not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Welcome. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with author Buki Papillon. I'm going to be giving away some copies of her book, An Ordinary Wonder. And trust me, it is an ordinary, it's actually an extraordinary wonder. Um, So it's funny that the book is called Ordinary Wonder. But anyway, I just want to let people know there is an organization out there. um, It's called the International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans, and Intersex Association. If you are dealing with the issue, maybe you are intersex, you want to learn some more about yourself, or are there other people like you out there? Um, you know, reach out to them and maybe they can help you or assist you. You're not alone. You're not the only one. And there's nothing wrong. You know, people might tell there's something wrong with you, um, but uh, you can get some assistance or help. And for me, you guys know, I'm going to be doing actually an Instagram live chat this coming Wednesday um, with cervical cancer survivor Tamika Felder. She started an organization called Survivor. And uh, she helps women who are dealing with cervical cancer. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of symptoms, so it gets missed, and people end up dying from it because it's caught too late. So we're going to be doing an Instagram live chat with her on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, go to my Instagram account, Saturdays with Joy Key, so that you can watch it. Thank you so much for your support. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. You can also check me out on Facebook, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. If you've missed any interviews, you want to hear them, you can check them out on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. I hope you guys have a great weekend. If you're in Philly, I hope you got your groceries (laughs) ready for the snowstorm. Stigma may not directly affect you, but it harms the one in five Americans living with mental health conditions. Which prevents millions of people from seeking help. 
So do yourself and everyone a favor. Go to CureStigma.org and get tested for stigma. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.